Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts here on the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5 or also the host of the Football Function Podcast available on all of your podcasting platforms including the one that you're listening to this one on and also available on Patreon if you prefer an ad-free experience. Now normally I have a co-host here on the show. I'm usually joined by John Carrasco but he had some things come up this morning so he was a little bit tied up and last night whenever we normally record that's another thing we're coming to you 
a day late than what we typically do because last night I had a little bit of something to do here. So both of us were a little bit busy in terms of our scheduling. We're able to get this episode out a little bit late and I am writing solo here tonight. So bear with me. It might be a little bit of a shorter episode than what we typically get here for the SmackDown review. Hopefully not, but I'm going to try to roll through this thing and do the best I can to get you guys up to speed as to what happened on the May 27th edition of SmackDown that took place in Little Rock, Arkansas. A pretty eventful episode, I will say. I watched it this morning. It was pretty uh, entertaining. I had a good time. There was actually a couple times where I was laughing, legitimately laughing out loud, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But before we do that, there was one thing I wanted to point out. Now, I heard something on the mailbag this week, and obviously, shout out to Dennis McGinley for answering that question that I asked last week, which one you would rather have, a Gunther Chop or a hair whip from Bianca Belair. He answered, he said he'd rather have the hair whip. Didn't expect that, honestly. I, I think you might be one of the first people that I've heard say that you would take the hair whip, but hey, you know, to each their own. Uh, if that's the poison you want to take, then by all means, do that. But another thing I heard on the mailbag was Rocky T here from Texas. Now, one thing, one thing I will say, this show, the SmackDown Review, is from texas like this show is established in here in like it's recorded every week here in texas so that's where both me and john are from and i heard him talk about like uh if if there's any other area any region or whatever that wants to make a list specifically like their home state i believe is what he said that is comparable to what texas has to offer you know he mentioned a few names i don't even remember which one he wanted i think it was like hbk booker t and the undertaker uh, i think he might have mentioned stone cold as well definitely quite a few but i mean definitely a lot left off that list and I kind of wanted to plug something that I did a long time ago because whenever I used to do these shows by myself for quite a while I did something called top five Fridays and I would just you know every Friday come out with a list a different list whether it was you know top five finishing moves top five entrance music top five entrance music from the ruthless aggression era top five heel turns but the the one that I'm most proud of the top five that if I could direct any of you who might be a new listener who didn't listen back then whenever I was doing the top five and you're bored one day, you want to go dig up some old SmackDown reviews, go check out some of the ones that dropped late 2020, early 2021, whenever I was doing the top five Fridays. And the one that I am most proud of was I did a top five Mount Rushmore's. So basically each you know, number on the list from the top five had four wrestlers in it. And basically what I did was the whole point in making that episode was to say that the Mount Rushmore of Texas wrestlers is literally better than like the Mount Rushmore of like, like I, I pretty much did like an unfair advantage. Like I did like top five, um, who was it? Like United States wrestlers, just not from Texas, just in the entire country, not just like state for state. Cause I know it's not even close. If you go state for t- state, Texas blows every state out of the water. So to make it somewhat fair, you have to, you know, include all 49 states and let them make their own little all-star team versus the four that we'll bring from Texas. And I believe I did the same thing from like, uh, like Canada. I believe I gave Canada an all-star team because Canada is a little bit of a wrestling factory of it in of its own, you know, I mean, no disrespect to them whatsoever. Canada has, I mean, probably more, if you're just being completely honest, wrestlers than Texas, but Texas has more at the top, you know, Texas is more top heavy. They have a lot more like literally like first ballot hall of fame legends. Whereas there's a lot of mid carters that come from Canada. And then, you know, obviously some main eventers as well, but you know, it's basically long story short is that is one of the best top fives that I did. 
And if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that one, I would definitely go check it out because it pretty much hits exactly what Rocky T was trying to say in the mailbag, but just a little bit more in depth, like literally damn near like whole half an episode was dedicated to that. So that's, that's really all I wanted to plug there. And also shout out to Memphis Mark from last week. We talked about the tag teams. Uh, John said he was the Dudley boy, or I mean, his favorite tag team was the Dudley boys. And I said that mine was the Hardys and, uh, Memphis Mark, he chimed in and said the uh, Rock and Roll Express basically just told us, hey, go check those guys out if you want to see some good tag team wrestling. So shout out to uh, Memphis Mark for the feedback and for listening to the show. But anyways, let's go ahead and get into this SmackDown, shall we? It started with the undisputed tag team champions. That's right, the Usos. They opened the show. And they wish a happy birthday to Roman Reigns, who celebrated his birthday this week. Not on the show, I will say. Roman Reigns was not uh, on SmackDown tonight. That was definitely noticeable. But they acknowledged, no pun intended, that their 12-year anniversary in the WWE has come. And I believe it was today, actually, or the night that SmackDown was on air. I'm not really sure. I watched this on Saturday, like I said. But either way, the Usos' 12-year anniversary of being in the WWE is officially here. So they've been here for 12 straight years. And they kind of talk about how the fans have seen their ups and downs and essentially watched them grow up. Like they've essentially grown up in front of our very eyes is what they were trying to tell us and how they they mentioned how despite the the craziness going on in the world, that they love coming here every week and being the entertainer and then that they truly want to say thank you. Now, I thought this was kind of weird, honestly, because, you know, everything that's happened in the real world, obviously we're not going to get into all that, but the fact that SmackDown opened like this, I thought, dang, you know, this might be genuine. You know, this might be a legitimate like babyface style promo coming from a Hill team and they'll just forget it happened next week and not really, you know, play into it. But obviously the other foot does drop. Jimmy Uso gets on the mic and basically says that, um, they didn't need anybody, you know, starts, you know, tearing down the crowd, pointing to fans individually saying, we didn't need you. We didn't need you. We didn't need you. It was pretty cool to see, honestly, just, I mean, like, damn, you know, they completely hit flipped a 180 there. You know, they were being really kind, seemed like a genuine babyface promo to absolutely being a-holes and, you know, turning on the crowd there. But out comes Shinsuke Nakamura, and he says that he and his partner challenge them for their titles. And who is his partner, you ask? Well, it is Matt Riddle. And he comes out, and uh, one thing I will say, though, about these two, Shinsuke Nakamura and Matt Riddle, one thing to keep in mind here is that the Usos actually put both of their partners on the shelf, Rick Boogs and Randy Orton. So they do have a little bit of a reason to kind of come together here and unite to try to go after the bloodline, but they end up going at it before any type of match has a chance to get started. It doesn't end up getting started ever. Uh, It's a little bit back and forth encounter, but ultimately Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura are the ones left standing. And then we get a backstage promo or a little bit of an interview, I guess you could say by Kayla Braxton. She talks to Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura backstage and she asks about the prospects of their new tag team. You know, they're kind of talking about like what their name might be like Nakamura bro or something like that. I heard Riddle say something. But she asked, like, what Randy Orton might think about that. Like, damn, you're really going to get a new partner? You just have, like, the biggest run of your career being tagged with Randy Orton, and you're just going to completely flip on him like that. And Riddle actually comes out and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Randy Orton's the one who thought about this. This was his idea for me to tag with Shinsuke Nakamura. So he's definitely on board with it. And uh, Shinsuke Nakamura basically just confirms they're definitely going to be a tag team, at least going forward here in the coming weeks. And I could definitely get behind that just because, I mean, these two dudes can kick ass. You know, both come from NXT as far as, like, how they've been grown. So going against the Usos, I mean, the storyline's already written there, like I just mentioned, with their injuring their tag team partners. So we'll see where it goes. And Matt Riddle staying firmly in that uh, bloodline storyline, I think, is pretty interesting because, A, we get Matt Riddle on SmackDown here for, like, three weeks in a row. I'm loving that. 
And then B, it kind of adds fuel to that fire of the possibility that Matt Riddle could eventually get an opportunity against Roman Reigns. Keeping him here intertwined in all this definitely does that a little bit of a of a service of it than anything. You know, it's not going to put him further away from that opportunity. So just something I'm keeping an eye on there with those two. But moving on here, we get another match, a rematch from a few weeks ago, Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez. Shotzi Blackheart is shown backstage gathering the troops, so to speak. She's kind of talking to some of the women's or some of the women in the women's roster in the women's locker room. And she's basically in the, the women's locker room. That's actually a pretty important part here because uh, Shotzi Blackheart ends up staying in there for quite a long time. And we will get to that. But basically, she's trying to motivate all these women and piss them off, make them feel slighted or disrespected by the fact that Raquel Rodriguez is getting all these opportunities while they're getting passed by. And uh, just basically thrown to the wayside. She kind of points all of them out individually. She goes up to Zia Lee and says, you're undefeated here in WWE. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like 2-0 and o against jobbers, if that? Like, I don't even know who the hell she's gone up against. And she, her matches have been like 45 days in between, you know? So With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, she's undefeated. I'm sorry that I don't really remember that. It's probably just low-hanging fruit. That's really all that she could say to, you know, prop her up and make her seem like she's a legitimate threat to Ronda Rousey, which is what Shotzi Blackheart is trying to do. Who she go to next? Uh, Aaliyah. She basically says, uh, you know, you might be annoying as hell, but you do have the quickest win in WWE history at 3.17 seconds. She goes to Natalia and says, hey, you have the most wins in WWE history. And then Shayna Baszler, you're just a straight killer. And Raquel Rodriguez has never been a killer or something along those lines. I mean, I watched it this morning, so it's not too far off my mind. But I don't remember exactly what was said. But essentially, they all, one by one, by one after Shotzi kind of motivates them, they all leave the locker room. And then Shotzi tries to put her gear on and follow them out, leaving the locker room empty. But instead, Aaliyah ends up locking Shotzi Blackheart in the locker room where she remains for the rest of the show. And if you go pay attention to her Twitter account, she actually has a little bit of fun with this and kind of, or has a little bit of fun with this and kind of plays into it throughout the night. But let's see here. After about one minute of wrestling, they didn't go at it very long at all. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Raquel, that is. Shayna Baszler and Natalia come out and cause a disqualification by attacking Raquel from behind. And then Ronda Rousey ends up helping her out, and that leads to a tag team match, which ends up getting a uh, victory for Raquel Rodriguez, who pins Shayna Baszler after hitting the Tejana Bomb. Now, we talked about this last week, how they bleeped out the Chingona Bomb, which is what it was referred to for the first couple of weeks that we saw Raquel on the SmackDown roster. Apparently, it is switched to the Tejana Bomb, which shout out to DJ Kuzma. He kind of sent me a leak or a link on Twitter 
about this and uh, exactly why they switched it. I guess it means badass or something like that. I don't really know exactly why that. I don't feel like that's too crazy or vulgar of a word that you'd want to switch a move, but it is what it is. I can get behind it. No big deal at all. But anyways, let's move on to another tag team match, shall we? Los Lotharios versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Now, Jinder comes out by himself at first because he doesn't have Shanky. He doesn't really know where he is. I guess he goes to the locker room and he finds Shanky in there literally breaking it down. Like he's dancing to their theme song or something. At first, I raised my eyebrow and I was like, oh my gosh, they're, they're just trying to bury this dude or something? Like, are they just trying to absolutely make us think he's a joke? I thought they were trying to make us think that this dude's a threat. Like, he's a, you know, one of the big tough guys here in WWE who could hang with damn near anybody, you know? I mean, I feel like in the era where they're trying to bring up guys like Omos and Commander Aziz, it just made a little bit of, of sense to kind of see what you have with Shanky. But, I mean, having him break it down like that, like I said, at first, I wasn't really behind it. But uh, they he, he drags him out of the locker room. They start going down the ramp. He's still breaking it down here, kind of behind Jinder Mahal's back while Jinder's walking in the ring, kind of frustrated. Remember, they, they kind of got into it a few weeks ago because he was like, we lost because of you or whatever. Jinder was like shaking or getting in his face. And that's when Shanky said, no, or whatever, you know, and kind of stopped all that and just like walked away. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. And then seeing Jinder walking mad to the ring, and Shanky behind his back kind of still dancing to their theme song. I legitimately was like, okay, I mean, it's a little bit funny, I guess. You know, seeing Shanky have a little bit of personality in his character definitely isn't a bad thing. And the dancing definitely doesn't even end there. So we will continue on here. Let's see. This was actually a pretty quick win for the Lethal Lovers. Essentially becomes a one-on-one match whenever Garza and Shanky are both distracted outside of the ring trying to impress the ring announcer. Uh, Who is it? Carrillo actually pins Jinder Mahal in the ring while all that's going on. So Jinder tries to go off on Shanky again, and he does the same no thing, puts his hand in his face, and then Shanky goes back to dancing in front of the ring announcer. I believe her name is Samantha. But the whole, the whole time he's being hyped up by Pat McAfee. It was actually pretty funny. So I did, I did, I got a little bit of enjoyment from this, just simply from the fact that like uh, Shanky is showing us a little bit of something different. You know, like he wasn't going anywhere being Jinder Mahal's lackey. Yeah, he's getting TV time every week, he's getting a paycheck, he's having a quote-unquote run here in WWE, but at the same time, it's like, dude, this isn't sustainable. Like, you're not going to, you know, get anywhere doing this. Eventually, you're going to have to have a little bit of a switch-up. And I'm not saying turning into somebody who's like a comedic relief segment, who's just basically going to be a joke now. Dancing and all that stuff is the right way to go, but it's something different. Like I said, I genuinely chuckled from this whenever it started, because at first, I wasn't a fan. And then once I saw that they were rolling with it and they might be actually trying to turn it into an angle where Jinder and Shanky start officially, you know, butting heads here, I could get behind it definitely to to say the least, but we'll kind of see where they go from there. Moving on, something that we saw last week, Max Dupree. He approaches Adam Pierce again backstage and asks him about the contractual status of his new group, Maximum Male Models. And then Adam Pierce confer- uh, confirms that his contract is legal and binding. So now that they can or now they can officially make it, you know, official that he is a member of the SmackDown roster and basically welcome him there. But they do have another disagreement about the pronunciation of his name. He says, man, you did this last week. I'm getting freaking sick of this. You better get my name right. It's Dupree. But Adam Pierce says you're going to have many, many opportunities to, you know, I guess, get us the WWE management that is the roster and the WWE universe familiar with the pronunciation of your name. But, uh, 
Max Dupree does confirm that Adam Pierce does not make the cut for being the first member in his new group. McAfee did have a little bit of a of an inside joke here, a little bit of a line that if you're familiar with him in NXT, like I've been mentioning the past couple of weeks, him being known as LA Knight, Pat McAfee says, I ran into Max Dupree one night in LA. You know, just a little bit of a funny thing, you know, a little a little reward for the fans who pay attention and don't fast forward through all that stuff and actually are listening to what he's saying. You know, I definitely can get behind that. But up next, we get the actual, like, I guess you could say my favorite part of the show. Like, I literally had to pause the show because I was taking notes here and let out a legitimate laugh because I was I was a big fan of this one. It's the Kevin Owens show, and it was, it was advertised as being um, his special guest, a member of the bloodline. So you didn't really know who it was. The graphic only showed Roman Reigns and the Usos. You know, we hadn't seen Roman Reigns yet, so if you didn't look at any spoilers or anything like that for people who are watching, you might not know who this was going to be. You might have thought, hey, maybe this could be Roman Reigns, you know, but... It ends up being Sami Zayn, which was absolutely hilarious. He comes out. They do have a little bit of like an emotional embrace. They compliment each other for their success on their respective brands, Raw and SmackDown. And they have a huge hug after Sami Zayn agrees that it's obvious that Elias and Ezekiel are the same person. That's basically all Kevin Owens need to hear. Like, finally, somebody can agree with me on this. But anyways, Kevin Owens tries to tell him to drop everything he has going on here on SmackDown and come join him on Raw. But Sami Zayn doesn't appear to be willing to do that. He talks about everything he has going on here, being the locker room leader and, you know, a compadre or confidant in the bloodline and all that stuff. And he just says simply, now's not a good time, Oos. And Kevin Owens is like, well, did you just call me Oos? Like, are you kidding me? Did you just call me Oos? And that right there was one of the funnier parts because you could just tell exactly where Sami Zayn is going with this. It's actually really good stuff here. But uh, Kevin Owens does not appreciate that he called him that. And then he starts to basically take shots at Sami. He says that he's not really in the bloodline and that he's naive for wearing the bloodline gear. And it actually makes him look like an idiot. And that's when Sami Zayn hears enough. You know, it's, it's pretty much right there. He starts to bark back, I guess you could say. He says that, um, you know, he was only being nice earlier and that Elias and Ezekiel are actually two different people. They go back and forth calling each other a liar and a moron. And then things go from push to shove, really, whenever Sami Zayn calls him a liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, that was just it. He says you cross the line right there. Kevin Owen claims that the bloodline aren't really behind Sami. And he tries to prove it by introducing them, saying, all right, well, let's introduce them right now, the bloodline. And nobody comes out, obviously. Sami Zayn tells... Um, or he tells Sami Zayn that the bloodline really couldn't care less about him. So Sami says that he doesn't know what he's talking about, and then he tries to walk away, and then Kevin Owens tries one more time to get him to go with him to Monday Night Raw, but Zayn literally pushes him away and just says, leave me alone, I have things to do here, or whatever, and then Kevin Owens goes to the ring as he sees the crew trying to take down the Kevin Owens show set, which is just like those posters and the chairs, whatever. He goes in there and he hits both of them with the stunner, and I'll say, just I don't know if if you're a wrestling fan growing up and you see somebody get like you see somebody get hit with a stunner, you know it's a big moment. You know, you know that like that's a big opportunity for you to sell the f out of that stunner. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that these dudes sold it was just an absolute disgrace. Like, yeah, you technically sold it, but I mean, you gotta really sell that thing. You know, like that'll put Kevin Owens over. That'll make the crowd into it. As if you see somebody get the springs in their knees or their legs or whatever, and they hop up. And they actually sell that thing, especially that second stunner. I was very disappointed in that. I kind of just wanted to point that out. You got to do better. If you get the opportunity to be on WWE TV and get stunned, I don't care if it's Stone Cold Steve Austin or Kevin Owens or anybody. You know, if you get an opportunity to get stunned, 
on national television by somebody, you have to make the most of that. And that's just something that I feel like definitely should have been done. But I had that in my notes. Definitely got to do a better job selling there if you're uh, the enhancement talent or whoever the hell that was getting that opportunity. But anyways, we will move on here to another tag team match. This one between Drew Gulak and Ricochet versus Imperium, or I guess now known as Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser. So this one was actually more so focused on Ludwig. They kind of gave him a little bit of the, the shine here in this one, the more so, you know, bulk of the match. And even the commentary team was focused more so on talking about him and kind of putting him over there. He ends up winning this one by doing a running kick to Drew Gulak's chest. But I do like how they kind of waited. They didn't give us the true, like, what we all wanted to see, which is uh, Gunther give Ricochet a, ch- a chop to the chest. Because whenever he does that, you know Ricochet is going to sell that so well. He legitimately might do two backflips. Like, he might flop into, do, you know, out of the ring, do a 360, whatever the hell you think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know that he's one of the best sellers in the entire company, and you give him a chop from Gunther. I really think that they're going to wait and uh, build that up a little bit before they just give it to us. And that's that's serious. You know, I, I really think that, you know, that might be overlooked as to just, you know, a simple like transition move or a move that you might just do in the match that you might not realize they're actually going to put thought into. But this is kind of something that I thought about. You know, I saw it on the Internet over the weekend, like, man, just wait till Gunther hits him with a with a chop. And I thought we might get it this week, but they're actually going to make us wait for it. And I, I appreciate that from WWE. I really do. But moving on here, we get some more bloodline action. Sami Zayn approaches them backstage, and he hits them with, if you've ever been in a relationship or at least like an almost relationship, but you're not quite there yet, you might get hit with the, what are we? You know, I'm sure some of you relate. Some of you maybe asked somebody that in the past. I don't know, but basically that's what Sami Zayn asked the bloodline. He approaches the Usos outside of their locker room and he says, what are we? You know, what, what what are we doing here? Do you want me to leave? I mean, if, if you want me to, I'll just pack my stuff right now and I'll get the hell out of here and I'll just leave you guys alone. And uh, Basically, he asked to officially be a member of the bloodline, you know, an honorary ooze, so to speak. And surprisingly, the Usos actually say yes. You know, Sami Zayn, as soon as they go in the locker room, you know, says, peace out, Us, whatever, all that good stuff. He celebrates like his team just won the Super Bowl. I mean, he's just absolutely head over heels that he gets to associate himself with this group that's absolutely running rampage or rampant, whatever, over the WWE. You know, however you want to say that. Sorry, guys. Saturday morning, but I'm still a little bit, you know... Not with my fastball, I guess you could say. I got a little bit of outside noise going on. I'm sure you might have been able to hear a little bit of that. We got uh, one of our neighbors here. I think he might be trying to chainsaw down a tree or something like that. I don't really know what that is. But he's taking breaks in between, so I'm trying to kind of work through that. So bear with me here, but we will move on to the final segment here in the show. Six-man tag match. Butch, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus, the Brawling Brutes, versus New Day and a mystery opponent. And we kind of talked about who this might be. Last week, we kind of, we literally, you know, guessed it right last week, kind of just jokingly saying it, but it ended up being Drew McIntyre. But uh, Sheamus cuts a promo before the match, basically saying that they're going to put all of them on a shelf next to Big E, you know, taking shots at Big E. Usually if you're going to take shots like that, hopefully it indicates that he might be on the track to recovery. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to speculate there. I don't want to just, you know, get anybody ho- anybody's hopes up or anything like that. 
But if they're going to talk about it in promos like that, like they have been, you know, multiple, multiple times, maybe he might be on his way back or at least, you know, on the way to, you know, maybe making an appearance, you know, not necessarily showing up in the arena or anything like that, but maybe showing up via satellite or something like that, you know, and I know that might be asking a lot and could be just completely out of left field. But at the same time, I mean, you're going to keep mentioning his name like that. Why not just uh, let Big E answer back? But uh, anyways, that could be me just, you know, suggesting something that absolutely have, has no chance of happening. But who knows? You know, it could end up coming to fruition. But anyways, New Day introduces their partner by saying it's somebody who could take Ridge's girlfriend and Butch's aunt once Woods is done with her. So I loved all that stuff. You know, him coming out just A1, A plus maybe is what I should say. Comedy from uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston there. But let's see, It like we mentioned, it does end up being Drew McIntyre. We kind of hinted at it. We predicted this last week. It was actually said in the Discord chat that it was going to be, but before it was leaked, we were kind of wondering, hey, who's this going to be? You know, is it going to be Drew McIntyre? And that's exactly what it was. Drew Day Rocks was the little chant that was going on. But Drew hits a Claymore and uh, tags in Xavier Woods. He very easily could have paid, pinned Ridge Holland here, but he tags in Xavier Woods. Woods hits like some splash off the top rope, whatever it is that he does, maybe that elbow drop, but either way, he gets the pin, and the New Day wins, I mean, I will say, I'm glad that this ended in some type of move, not the uh, backwoods roll-up, and I do enjoy that, I like the name, I like the play on words, I think it's funny, but at the same time, like, all right, we've seen him roll up Butch or Rich Holland or somebody so many weeks in a row that I kind of mentioned, like, all right, I'm tired of it, you know, I want to see a different formula, a different way for them to win, and that's exactly what we got tonight, so I can't complain Although I did hope that their tag team partner would have been somebody a little bit different. But I do think that they were just trying to, you know, keep the crowd happy. You love seeing Drew McIntyre. If you're live there in attendance, you know that's a guaranteed pop. If you haven't seen him all night and hearing his music just hit at the very end of the show, guarantee that's going to, you know, send the crowd home happy. But anyways, guys, that does do it for me here on the show. Um, I do apologize, obviously, for having to, you know, wrap this up a little bit quick. But there is some outside noise going on. There's some workers doing some stuff. So it is affecting um, the audio here as far as like what I can hear and all that stuff. So I was, I was trying to do my best to kind of edit that stuff out and keep it to where you guys couldn't hear it and just kind of go in between their breaks. But I do think they're starting to kind of get up here and uh, get going for a while. And I don't want to keep Matt waiting. I don't want to keep you guys waiting. We already started recording here later than what we usually do. So I'm just going to have to cut it here and uh, hope that you guys all have a damn good weekend and, um, you know, enjoy whatever's coming up this week. I know that we have Memorial Day coming. So hopefully you guys are enjoying a long weekend. Maybe get some time on the lake if you live in those areas of the country or maybe just, you know, getting some time off and just relax. And either way, I do thank you for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you will come back next week if you're our first-time listener, you know, maybe tell a friend and all that good stuff. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for making this part of your weekly routine. Shout-out to John. He will be back next week. This was like a little bit of an anomaly. You know, we would have recorded last night, Friday night, but the Celtics played. I'm a diehard Celtics fan. I thought it was going to be a, you know, a game six win, send them to the NBA finals, but it didn't exactly work out like that. Now we're forced to have a game seven, which is a toss up. If you've ever been in a game seven, you know, that's just, you know, anxiety and blood pressure already having to deal with that nonsense. But anyways, no more of all that. Like I said, have a damn good weekend, guys. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com.
And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.